So Mother's Day, the one day a year that we take to focus and honor and show love and attention to our moms. When we all really know, all of us know, that this isn't something that we reserve just for one day. We really need to be communicating our love and our honor and our appreciation to our moms all year round, especially on this day. But listen, this is your friendly reminder that if, if your mom doesn't live nearby, call your mom, not just today, but regularly. Call your mom. She needs to hear from you. The reality is though, that unfortunately Mother's Day is not a happy day for everyone. There are many who have lost their moms. There are some that didn't have good relationships with their moms at all. And not everybody has a good childhood memory of times with their mom. Also, not every woman is a mom. And these are things that can make Mother's Day difficult for some of us. So today I want to talk about something that may seem a little bit unusual at, at first, but it, it, it stick with me. It's important that we, we highlight this. I want to talk about the motherly characteristics of God. So we're going to take a look at the feminine side of God a little bit today. We are all male and female. We are all made in the image of God, man and woman. So this means that me as a man and you as ladies, we carry different aspects of God. But it's only when both man and woman were created in Genesis 1 that God said that, that God is fully imaged. So it says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them in his image together. See, when we only see the male or the masculine attributes and aspects of God, we're missing out on the revelation of who he really is. We have an incomplete picture of our God. If we do not behold, contemplate, meditate on the feminine side of God. Now listen, just we'll, we'll just put this out there. God is not defined by gender as we are as created beings. He transcends the, the you know labels like that, like gender. It's so much more prevalent to speak about God in in and uh, you know as as our Father because when we read the Word, that's how He's revealed God, our Father. Jesus was a man, and He's you know we we have those those masculine pronouns, but only. Focusing on the fatherly aspects of God, it just doesn't give us a full understanding of who he is. So that being said, I want to look at, at three motherly characteristics of God that are revealed in scripture. And these are just three. There's many, and I just pulled three that I felt like God was highlighting for us this morning. The first one, God cares for his people like an eagle hovering over her young. If you've got your Bible, if not, it'll, the, it'll be up on the screens there. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 11 reads, He was like an eagle hovering over its nest, overshadowing its young, then spreading its wings, lifting them into the air and teaching them to fly. So this verse is pulled out of what's called the Song of Moses that Moses begins to sing at the very end of his life. These are like the, the last moments of Moses' life. And in this, in this part of the song, he's singing about how God found the Israelites in a desert and he took them in and he began to care for them. And there are a couple things that are happening here that I want to highlight and pull out from this, from this verse. The first, 
there is a stirring or an awakening that's taking place. So the picture is of a mother eagle hovering and flapping its wings over her nest to awaken her young, to cause excitement within the nest, to stir them up into activity. The second thing that's happening here is there's an overshadowing, which is a reference back to Genesis chapter one, where the Holy Spirit, it says, was hovering or brooding over the deep. That same Hebrew word that's used in Genesis chapter one, when it talks about the hovering of Holy Spirit is used here in Moses' song, talking about how the eagle overshadows its young. So there's a similar image that's created in our minds. So this verse is not talking about, it's not talking about the protection and the covering, but it's showing us that God was in the process of training and teaching the Israelites. See, when a mother eagle wants to teach her young to fly, she, she will either kind of perch up on the side of the nest and she begins to flap her wings over the nest, or she'll flap and hover over and it causes this stir and the wind begins to stir and it causes, it's, it's almost like, um, it's almost like chaos, but it's this controlled chaos and it causes the young to, to, to be roused up and, and to, to begin to move about the nest, stirring up her babies. And this is just the first step. See, because all the babies know is the nest. That's all they realize. They just know it's safety. They know it's boundaries. They know the comfort of the nest, but there's so much more world outside of the nest. Think about how lame of a life an eagle would live if it never left the nest. Eagles are meant to soar. Eagles are meant to fly. They're meant to travel. Imagine their life, it was confined to the nest. So the mother eagle causes excitement and unrest and an, an awakening of sorts and causes the, the, her, her, her babies to get up and begin to move around. The possibilities are endless, but they're not realized inside the nest. See what this is, this is, this is the mother eagle training and teaching and caring for her young like mothers do. Mother eagle will lift their babies into the air. And sometimes actually the, the eagle will get into the nest and, and shove her babies just out of the nest. She just shoves them out there. If they, if they're not, you know, some kids are a little more timid than others. Some eagles, they're a little bit more timid. They're not, they're not quite so eager just to get, stand on the edge of the nest and to jump out. I don't know about you guys. I'm not a big fan of heights. I'm not a big fan of standing on ladders. I don't know if, if sitting out there, if you've ever noticed and looked up and wondered, how do they change those light bulbs up there? How do they point the projector up there and get it pointed in the, we have a ladder that doesn't fit through these doors that has to be walked around the block and in the front doors in order to reach that. And I've got up there once. I'm good. I never have to do that again. I'm not, a, I would have been that, that, that eagle that would have been like, no, no, mama, I'm okay. I, I don't have to get out there. And so inevitably, I would have just been kicked out of the nest. But the thing with the eagle is, she doesn't just kick her young out of the nest and then just kind of settle back in and, you know, get comfortable and be like, 
I wonder how this is going to turn out. Let's just see what happens with these babies. You know, we're probably going to lose some of them here today. The eagle flies out after her young. And if they're not catching on, if they're not beginning to fly on their own, she will begin to carry them on her wings until they figure it out. There is a training and a teaching that takes place. God is nurturing like a mother eagle. He knows there is more for you. He knows that there is a new season that's coming. And there are times in life where, where he will stir you up to cause unrest in your life. And it at times feels chaotic. And that's not what he's doing. He's not causing chaos, but he's stirring things up so you don't confine your life to the comfort of the nest. Because if you're not aware, God's not concerned with your comfort. I don't know that God really cares if we're comfortable. He cares about us, about seeing us become the best version of us that we could possibly be, stepping into our destiny, getting outside of the nest. And he never just tosses us out into the world to see how things are going to work out. He walks with us. He never leaves our side. He catches us. He carries us. Come on, how many of you are, are thankful that he catches us when we fall? And how, like, I'm so thankful that he carries. And some, sometimes he drags us along. God cares for his people like a mother eagle cares for her young. And this is the feminine nurturing side of God. God also experiences the anger of a mother bear who's been robbed of her cubs. Hosea chapter 13 and verse 8 reads, I will confront them like a bear deprived of her cubs. I will tear open their chests. I will also devour them like a lioness as a wild animal will tear them to pieces. Happy Mother's Day right there. Like, isn't that just the best Mother's Day verse you've ever read? <laughs> okay, so growing up, and I, I had a, a reoccurring nightmare. Now, most of the time, nightmares, they're like irrational fears and stuff like that. Not mine. Mine was a totally legitimate fear that could actually possibly happen in everyday regular life. Until I was a young teenager, I would dream like four or five times a year that I was being chased by a bear that was trying to kill me. This is why it was completely, it, it could actually happen. Because I grew up in a little tiny, small Rocky Mountain town where bear encounters were not uncommon. When I was little, maybe about five years old, I would go berry picking with my mom and my, my grandmother. And this isn't like what we know berry picking here, right? We drive up to Carlsbad and there's like this sweet strawberry farm. Uh-uh. No, no, no. We drove out into the middle of nowhere down some dirt gravel road because somebody told my mom, hey, I heard that there's a berry patch in the wild out there. And so the three of us would get in the car and we would just drive out there. And then we'd get out of the car and I'd get my little ice cream pail. And then she would attach a little bell to the bottom of my shirt or the bottom of my jacket. Then she would look at me and she would go, it's okay, as long as you move around and the bell rings, the bears won't come because they don't, they don't want to have anything to do with that. I felt like it was more of a dinner bell than a stay away bell. And then my mom and my grandmother would just go and I would be in this patch of blueberries. Eat, I actually, I ate more than was ever ended up in the bucket, but it was terrifying. One thing that I learned at a very young age growing up in the Rocky Mountains was that you never get in between a mama bear and her baby bear, ever. 
because that is what we call the death zone. We also learned that if you see a baby bear in the wild, you know, you just understand that mama is right there, even if you cannot see her. And if she comes out and you're in between her and the baby, or she feels like you're too close, like it's over. So where are my mama bears at? Come on. Yeah. You know who you are because in a split second, you go right from being completely chill to I'm about to beat somebody because they disrespected my kid or they touched my kid or you know what I'm talking about. And that you go from chill to mama bear in like half a second. There was a national park that was about an hour and a half away from where I grew up. And in this park, there's no hunting allowed. Somehow animals know this because when you drive into the park, you get inside the park gates and like before the gates, there's no animals. After the gates, there's animals everywhere. And like, they don't even care that you're there. They're just, they're eating, they're on the side of the road. You know, people stop to take pictures and they, they barely look up and oh, it's, it's people. They don't even try to hide. And sometimes, oftentimes you see bears on the side of the road. The last time that we were, um, we went through this, this park as a family, um, we were driving through the park and look at all the animals. And then you see all the cars stopped on the side of the road. And you're like, okay, you know that there's animals coming. Hey, kids, look. And I looked out uh, on my left-hand side and up a tree, maybe about five, six feet up a tree, was this little, tiny, just adorable looking black bear. He was so cute. And then there was these silly tourists who were parked and not in their cars. They were out of their cars and approaching the cute, cuddly little baby bear. There was no mama bear to be seen around. And so as we're driving, I'm not stopping. I, I don't want to see anything that, that may possibly happen. I just rolled the window down and I yelled out, hey, mama bears, come and get in your car. Because it was not abnormal to hear of a tourist getting mauled in the national park where, that was near where I grew up. Respect the mama bear, amen? God is the original mama bear. He protects his kids. But listen, that's truth, okay? But listen, the verse that I read in Hosea is not exactly about protecting his kids, the Israelites. So the question becomes, why was he angry? Well, he was angry because Israel was, was idolatrous. They turned their back on him and they were serving other idols. So chapter 13 is all about the idolatry of Israel and how they have rejected God and turned away to false gods. So with that in mind, let's read that verse again. He's talking to his kids. I will confront them like a bear deprived of her cubs and I will tear open their chests because they turned from him. This is, this is the righteous anger of God. Anybody ever experienced the righteous anger of their mother? Once, just me? I've experienced it once or twice because it's the same mama bear that protects her babies. It keeps them in line. Watch this video. Not that one. Try again. Go one more slide. (laughs) 
I have literally watched that video 30 times and I lose it every time. That's Mama Bear right there. <laughs> Listen, God calls us to righteousness and to holiness. And there is a wrath that is focused on unrighteousness in all seriousness. The cross makes holy those that receive what Jesus did for them there. And it absolves the wrath of God. Not for everyone. Just for those that receive Jesus. For those that don't reject Jesus. For those that choose to live with Jesus as their king. Wrath is absolved. Those that reject Jesus, there is a day of wrath coming. See, God experiences the righteous anger of a mama bear who's been robbed of her cubs towards unrighteousness. So this is the feminine wrath side of God. Like the saying says, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. God loves his kids and the Bible actually calls him jealous. And the last aspect that I want to look at is God is loving and longs to have his people close to protect them like a mother hen. In Matthew 23, 37, it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. This is the last week of Jesus' life, and you can picture him on a hill overlooking Jerusalem, talking about the, his beloved city and his beloved people that are there, and you can hear the pain and the tension in his voice, in his statement, wanting to save his people and to protect them, but they were not willing because they continually rejected God and pushed him away. He expresses his longing to draw them in close. But because of rebellion, they won't. Now, most of us don't really have a context or reference for what Jesus is talking about here, about the, the, you know, the, the mother hen, because we see hens as their egg machines. They're, they're what gives us good, tasty eggs that we can eat for breakfast in the morning. And even if you have chickens, like the Britos family, I know that they've got hens, but they, they make a nice house for them. And they're kept, you know, safe and there's a fence because if not, they'll get, they'll get eaten and they'll get taken away, right? But this is not the way that it was in Jesus' day. There's a Roman historian whose name was Plutarch, who lived at the same time of Jesus. And in his writings, he wrote about and he praised how mother hens, how they cherished and how they protected their baby chicks. There's a writer from the Renaissance era whose name is Ulysses. And he describes how at the first sign of a predator, a mother hen will immediately gather her chicks. And this is, this is her, his exact words. Under the shadow of their wings. And with this covering, they put up such a fierce defense, striking fear into their opponent in the midst of a frightful clamor. Using both wings and beak, they would rather die for their chicks than seek safety in flight. We've kind of domesticated our hens. We don't see that picture as described there. Jesus is describing his desire to lovingly protect the people of Jerusalem. But over and over and over again, they refused him. 
And because they refused him, they were subjected to terrible things at the hands of their enemies. They were subjected to death. Some of them died. Captivity, abuse, occupation, exile. And Jesus would have protected them from all of this if they would have only received his loving embrace and his protection. See, even at this very moment, as Jesus overlooks Jerusalem, Jesus could have turned and walked away and left and, and, and looked after his own life. But instead, like that mother hen, he would rather give his life than to seek safety for himself. And it's Jesus himself who draws the comparison of what he feels and his desire over his people to the mother hen. This is the feminine mothering side of God that wants to protect us and keep us safe within a loving embrace. And I just, I don't know if the writer was intentional with the reference under the shadow of his wings, but as soon as I read that, I knew for me and for us, the reference it refers specifically to Psalm 91, where we can be covered under the shadow of his wings. God cares like a mother eagle, has righteous anger like a mama bear, and loves and protects like a mother hen. If you're here today or you're watching online, and Mother's Day stirs up some difficult and painful emotions for you, I want to invite you this morning to come and experience the mothering side of God. Experience the feminine side of God this morning. would love to pray with you. And invite Jesus into those painful places in your heart to love on you and to bring healing to your heart today. There's a heavy responsibility on moms and dads because we represent God. Through, our, through the way that we treat our children, our children view God. And that's a heavy responsibility because we're broken. We're broken people and we don't get it right. And so because we don't always get it right, our children don't always have a good view of God. But that doesn't mean we can stay there or that God leaves us there. Because this morning, I believe that the feminine side of God is drawing us into an opportunity where he can minister to us and bring healing to us to those painful parts of our childhood, those painful parts of our life where we didn't maybe have a good mother and there's pain associated with that to allow him and invite him in and say, God, would you heal me? Would you show me your feminine side? So this is what I want us to do. Let's all stand this morning. This morning, God wants you to experience his mothering side. So let me ask you, do you need to be stirred up out of inactivity? Are you just maybe a little bit too comfortable in your life? Is God stirring something in you for you to step out into your purpose outside the nest? Because God, like the mother eagle, is stirring you up. And listen, he will make sure that you do not fall. Or maybe this morning you need to ask forgiveness for putting people or putting things in front of God on a higher level, so to speak. Because there is no one like our God and there's nobody that should be higher or, 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 or as high in our life as God. 
So if that's you, you need to know that God has forgiveness unending for you. He's waiting for you to turn your heart back to him so he can pour out his mercy and his grace and his love on you. Or maybe you're here this morning and you need a protective embrace, shielding you from the enemy, from life, from attacks, from people, and you just feel like, man, God, I just need you to wrap your wings around me, cover me, and hide me away and protect me. Because God, like a mother hen, has his arms or his wings wide open, waiting to receive you and to cover you and to hold you in that motherly embrace, hide you away. So this is what I'm going to do. If you want prayer for any of those things, or if you're like, man, I, I need prayer for something else. It's nothing to do with what you're talking about. We would just love to pray for you. And so I'm going to ask you to come and w- so that we can, we can pray for you. And you don't have to wait for anyone to move. If nobody comes, it's okay. We're going to ask you to come. And the other thing that I want to do is if you're here this morning and you, you, don't, you don't know Jesus, he's not your savior, you wouldn't say, man, that's my God. You haven't welcomed him in and received him into your life, then I want to give you the opportunity and I'd like to ask. If you're here and you haven't done that, but you'd say, yeah, I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to live for him. I just simply want you to raise your hand. I haven't asked anyone to close their eyes. It's okay. We live a public life. And so I'm going to wait a moment and just lift your hand. If you just want to say, yeah, that's me. I want to receive Jesus today. If you do know Jesus, I just want you to begin to pray. You never know the condition of someone's heart who's sitting beside you or across the room from you. It's never safe to assume, look around and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I think everybody here knows Jesus. I don't want to think everyone knows Jesus. I want everyone to know Jesus. So you can come if you'd like for prayer, one of the things I've mentioned or anything else. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dismiss. Father, I thank you for your feminine side. I thank you for the motherly characteristics and aspects that you carry. Because we need it. Stir us up. Teach us and train us. Kick us out of the nest. Thank you that you are jealous for us. And in your righteous anger, you are jealous for us. I thank you that you wrap your arms around us and you hold us tight and protect us and hide us away. So this morning, I just ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would know your feminine side in a greater way.